Chapter 23, Nudging. Location, New Amsterdam Theater, New York. One year later, August 8, 2028. Harry's interview was going to be recorded live with an audience. As they walked into the Gilded Theater, he kept having to pull Tom by the sleeve. The writer often stopped to admire every single artistic detail. The place was too adorned and fancy for Harry's taste, the exact type of old building his companion loved. Harry preferred straight lines and functional, clean spaces. All that elaborate fuss was giving him a headache. How pointless. You have a piece of white fluff in your hair. Have you even brushed this morning? Harry picked the fibers and dangled them in front of Tom's nose. His arty friend ignored him, too enthralled with some old black and white photos on the wall. This place was the home of the Follies. Tom's eyes sparkled. What's that? Harry rushed through yet another embellished golden door. Hurry, I'm going to be late. The Ziegfeld Follies, Tom repeated louder, and Harry looked at him blankly. The American version of the Folieberger. Tom's wide-eyed clarification added zero value. Ah, never mind. The subject had a low probability of interesting Harry. Funny girl? Have you watched it? Barbara Streisand? Tom hummed some song. He was clearly into whatever he was talking about, so Harry flashed a supportive smile. Buddy, just catch up with me when you're done with your tour. Harry jogged down the corridor, while long-limbed Tom barely had to walk fast to keep up with him. Chorus girls, Harry. Attractive ladies in fancy dresses, singing and dancing. Tom stopped again to admire the murals on the ceiling, angels this time. Girls? Where? Harry asked, rushing ahead to meet the producers and get ready for the show. The rowdy crowd stood up and cheered as Harry walked on stage into the spotlight. He looked back for a fraction of a second and smiled at Tom, who was now backstage, attempting to hide in the shadows. The fool always failed to realize his good looks and towering height made him the center of gravity of any space. Tom smiled back, his eyes lit from the inside as they met Harry's gaze. Harry couldn't believe his luck. Tom's friendship meant everything to him. Marge, the chat show host, was a larger-than-life cross-dressing diva armed with an enormous smile. She wore a purple iridescent sequin catsuit, and her eyelids sparkled with yellow glitter. Marge spoke directly to the camera. Please welcome the young man of the hour. Flair magazine's most influential person of the year. The super-nice genius Henrik Nowak. Harry sat on the sofa, adjusting his glasses. He turned his head, searching for Tom and found him with his arms crossed. His buddy was bothered by the noise, the lights, and the overexcited crowd. Thank you. Thank you. Harry waved to the audience. Harry, thank you for joining us here today. What a year you're having. My pleasure, it's been a while. Marge leaned in Harry's direction. Yes, since we last met, it looks like Sybil is raising some concerns and getting a bad rep. Would you care to comment? Harry smiled. I see. We're going straight to business. Your people were clear with us. Marge spoke with no apparent hidden agenda. You have something to announce, don't you, Harry? Yes. Thanks for the opportunity. Out of the corner of his eye, Harry saw the next speaker standing just offstage as a crew member installed a lapel microphone. She waited on the opposite side of the room from Tom. When a makeup artist approached her, 
she scowled and waved the man away. The commotion intensified as she dodged another crew member who attempted to style her hair. She looked familiar, but before Harry came up with her name, Marge spoke, and he snapped back to attention. So, what is going on with old Sybil? She's not that old. She's four years old today. Happy birthday. The audience cheered, and Harry smiled. He enjoyed Marge's supportive crowd, they were always enthusiastic when he visited. She's all right, the algorithm is very reliable. Millions of people use it every day, Harry said. Why is it so popular and accurate? You must be a coding genius. Harry lifted his head a little and pulled his chest up. No, I'm smart, but frankly, Sybil's first release wasn't that accurate. Many other competitors used the same algorithms from open-source code and marketplaces. It was actually the social media strategy that changed everything. Users had to share the predictions, making the app go viral, and that made more people share their data with us. You see, it's the access to data that makes the app more reliable. Sybil self-improves all by herself. So, the app codes itself? She asked. Yeah, to a point. It's the easiest way to explain AI. You are so humble. No, I'm not. I'm super smart. He flinched at the unexpected wave of throaty chuckles and giggles coming from the audience. But Sybil is pretty special. Harry glanced over again as the argument backstage intensified. The next guest continued to resist grooming as five crew members surrounded her and engaged in some hushed debate. She crossed her arms in front of her chest just below the Olympic gold medal hanging from her neck. He finally identified her as Rosa Garcia, the athlete. Harry. Marge tapped on his arm to win his attention back. Um, yes. Sorry. How are you handling the fame and fortune and all the pressure that comes with it? I don't care for any of it, but it's understandable, if we look at the situation objectively. I suspect you are a young man that chooses logic over emotion. He tugged at the collar of his shirt and pulled at its cuffs. Marge always grilled him on his emotions, and her crowd glared at him with their judgy smiles. Not always, but most of the time. He shrugged. I prefer to act instead of reacting. Data helps me do that. So, the data suggests suicides are rising. Is Sybil the cause of this rise? Probably, but we can't definitely prove that Sybil is actually causing them. Harry's tone was somber. Just like I don't claim any achievements predicted by Sybil. Rosa Garcia held her medal as he spoke. A pinch of insecurity emerged in her face. But is it possible that Sybil psyches people up to the things it predicts? Marge asked. Like an oracle whose words become self-fulfilling prophecies? Look, if someone wins a Nobel Prize, it's due to their hard work. Harry looked at Rosa and smiled. But yeah, it may be increasing motivation, and because of that, I'm shutting down the app. The audience gasped. I know, darlings, Marge lamented, addressing the audience. When I was told, I was as shocked as you are now. Shocked. I rely on Sybil so much. She turned to face Harry. So, you are going to shut down one of the most used apps on the planet? Yes, I am, he said matter-of-factly. It's a hugely profitable business. Harry nodded, responsibility weighing heavily on his brow. Look, if there's even a small chance we're fueling suicides, 
he adjusted his glasses and glanced back at Tom, who blinked back at him, supportive. Could you not simply stop predictions about suicide? Marge asked. It may be heightening everything, the good and the bad. So, instead of predicting the future, Sybil may be creating it, Marge said. Yes. Something like that. What did your advisor say? You are so young, dear. Marge switched to a motherly tone that irritated Harry. I know your parents were amongst the victims of the Brooklyn suicide bomber. I'm so sorry for your loss. Harry wasn't good at sharing his feelings with strangers. He actually avoided feelings altogether. Emotions weren't useful, they lacked objectivity. He shook it off, composed himself, and replied coolly, I don't have advisors, just a friend. He urged me to do it. And you do what this friend tells you? Marge asked, raising her right eyebrow to new heights. No, it's not like that. He helps me. We want to build something else. Something with zero unintended consequences, something that actually makes a difference. No evil. Marge paused to think. I don't like to be a party pooper, but it sounds like a childish dream. Everything has consequences, dear. Shutting down a business just like that is. Harry interrupted. I don't employ anyone. Everything is automated, and the cloud services will shift to my new project. I owe nothing to anyone. People love the app, Marge said. The app is fatalistic, Harry leaned forward on the sofa. The future isn't written in stone, right? We must create it. Tom and I will create it. No evil, just good. All good. So, who's this Tom? My partner in a new venture, Tom Astley Byron. Marge gasped. Glass wall screenwriter? Yeah. Yes. The artist. I see, she said, visibly annoyed. I've invited him to come and talk to us many times. He always refuses. A bore. She rolled her eyes. Harry smiled big and broad and he tried not to look in Tom's direction. It's not personal. He does no media appearances. He doesn't like the attention. Marge was still seething. We're different here. We support his work. Tell him that, will you? Harry nodded and smirked while, in the corner, Tom played with his thumbs, pressing one and then the other with the opposite hand. We, we love his work, Marge said. Plus, the word on the street is that he's, simpatico and stunning to look at. She grinned, winking at the audience. So, do you want to tell us more about your next project? Not yet. I can tell you we are taking inspiration from children's authors. Like Saint Exupery, or Shel Silverstein. How fun. Why is that? We want our new project to promote universal values. The types of values described in kids' books. Harry tried to remember Tom's words. We want to hang on to the short period in a person's life not yet broken by cynicism or disappointment, childhood. Harry gave a glance back at Tom, looking for some reassurance. His friend blinked at him. Where everything is possible, and all of it is good, Harry smiled. We've met a few times, and I've never seen you this inspired and creative. I thought you were a cerebral guy, young Harry. Her face lit up with some insight as she looked at where he was looking, and then she glanced at the audience and smiled. 
Harry's jaw tightened as the cameras and most of the audience followed Marge's eyes to the place where Tom was standing. His friend left the room abruptly. I think there's as much creativity in math and science as there is in story and art. We gotta tap into both, Harry said, attempting to bring the focus back to him. Sure, dear, but your friend is helping, right? Harry nodded. He's a great guy. We're killing it. Focusing on what matters, building something special using story and technology. He looked to where Tom once stood. We're keeping it real. Go on, Harry, give us a preview. A sweet plea. Harry considered the request for a moment. We're breaking down human psychology, emotion, behavior. We use it to design learning experiences. Sounds terrifying. It's an interactive virtual reality simulation, data-driven storytelling. Instead of reading or watching a story, you are part of the story, a personalized experience that nudges you to become a better person. Harry couldn't figure out the sentiment behind the audience's loud gasp. You are barely adults, and you lost your parents at a young age. What makes you think you know what a good human looks like? Harry released an exasperated sigh. He caught himself and pressed his lips together, avoiding any other unnecessary reactions. Actually, your argument is flawed. His eyes narrowed as he spoke. Age and wisdom might even have an inverse correlation. Have you seen the state of the world? You have a point, my dear. Marge paused for a moment, thinking, and then she threw him a skeptical look. I'm still not sure about this nudging business. Are you sure it's a good idea? Positive. Harry beamed as he replied in his best New York accent. We're running out of time. Will you promise to come back when you are ready to tell us more? Harry got up. Sure. In a few months. It's always a pleasure. I hope you keep some of your fortune. I demand you take me out to the best restaurant in town. Marge extended her hand, and Harry kissed it. Set the date. And bring your friend, will you? Harry crossed Rosa on his way out. His polite smile was unreturned. Our next guest is an extremely accomplished young woman. She recently won the Olympic gold medal for the modern pentathlon. Please welcome Rosa Garcia. The audience cheered as Harry left the stage.